Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive feeling. the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum. Bring bloom down to the minimum. Have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness challenges and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute. And today, our show topic is uh, the four real causes of depression. And um, I'd like to welcome um, a very special guest onto our show today, uh, Craig Merriweather. And, um, you know, he talks about, um, you know, how to eliminate uh, depression, sabotage, guilt, and anger. So just a little bit about Craig. Um, we want to welcome you uh, onto our show, Craig Merriweather, author, speaker, and educator. Um, Craig has been named one of the best new self-help authors today. After 25 years of depression, Craig determined to turn his life around but faced two major challenges, no money and no health insurance. Yet he took massive action anyway, studying, researching, and working his way through his self-sabotage, anger, and negative thought patterns. Today, Craig is recognized as a leading expert in mind mastery, eliminating depression, and creating happiness and success, achieving results that last. If you struggle with depression, whether it started recently or it's been going on for some years, if you've experienced occasional sadness or numbness and simply want to feel better, if you're looking for alternatives to antidepressants or if someone you care about and love suffers with depression, this interview will give you the information you need to understand the realities of depression and show you the tools that you need to reverse the sadness and start living a life of happiness and joy. Wow. Craig, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you for Katrina for for having me on. I I really appreciate it. Wow. Well, you know, um, I know that um, you know um, you kind of reached out to me a few months ago, and um, you know, um, and let me know that um, you know you did a lot of work around depression, and I was so impressed. When I, you know, when I read your book, I was just so impressed that I just, I just had to invite you on the show because I believe that you have 
a lot of great information to share. Um, so, so Craig, I want to start off by asking you to please tell us about yourself and your background. Well, uh, I grew up in a fairly religious background. I, I wouldn't say so much that my family was religious, but I grew up in uh, the Episcopal Church, and uh, about sixth grade, I started going to a Baptist-run school, from, so from sixth grade up to about high school. So religion was a really big part of my life. And at about the high school years, I really started feeling that I wasn't having any sort of connection that was lasting uh, spiritually with God. And I found that very frustrating. And and I could get a handle on it sometimes and feel that joy and feel that happiness, but it was often fleeting. And I'd kind of go back to my level of sadness and uh, that I was feeling at the time. And I, I sort of equated that to maybe I wasn't doing it right or, or maybe even God was displeased with me or something. And so I, through my teenage years, I really wanted to find that sense of happiness, that sense of belonging, that the sense that I was worthwhile. And I wasn't getting it. And I felt really lost and really frustrated and really disappointed and when I got out of high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I really had concentrated so much on just feeling better and feeling good that I, I didn't have a plan for my life. I you know, went to school for a little bit after that, but uh, I was just lost, and I went from job to job to job. And uh, eventually I just kind of settled down into this this deep, deep depression. And, and it wasn't that it, I felt that I was depressed. It just... It just felt normal to not to not feel good and to not feel happy, and it finally got mm-hmm. to a point where um, I woke up one morning. This was just a few years ago, uh, and I just had this idea that I couldn't take it anymore, and I wanted I wanted out, and uh, I just felt that it was such a good idea to not be here anymore, and that would take care of my problems. I would get rid of this emotional pain that I've been struggling with for so long. And what I, I thought that my wife would actually do better without me and she could find somebody who could participate in the relationship like, like a normal person would and she, she wow. could be happy living with me and, you know, with somebody else if I wasn't around. Uh, but I had a son, still have a son, and mm-hmm. I felt that if I wasn't around, who would be able to take care of him like, like a, a father should and who... You know, how could my wife explain to him that, you know, my suicide was not his fault or that he had something to do with that? And I, I thought I'd be setting him up to deal with the same things that I was dealing with. And so I kind of felt I had three options. I had, I could stay where I was, which was terrible, terrible option. I could commit suicide, take myself out. That was horrible and, and not even worth thinking about. So... That's the other option was to get myself out, to turn it around. And so I, I just started diving right into trying to figure out what depression is and how one gets out of it. And I didn't, like you said in the introduction, I didn't have any money and I didn't have any health insurance. So this became a huge ultimate self-help project, a, a do-it-yourself project. And so I just grabbed every book I could find. I, I, you know, went on the Internet and found all the information I could find and started putting it together 
this piece and that piece, and all of a sudden this big puzzle kind of fits all together, and I realized that there are scientifically proven ways to get out of depression, and it's stuff that your doctors aren't probably going to be telling you, certainly the pharmaceutical companies aren't going to be telling you, um, but there is this myth that you can go to the doctor and he's going to give you this prescription and get this, this little pill, and that's going to make your life better again. It's going to make you normal again. It's going to make you feel better. And, and even if maybe that is possible for a little bit, all the studies are showing that it's not. it doesn't last. And there's no long-term cure in pill form that can, that can cure depression. So, wow. Wow. Well, you know, listening to your story, you know, it, it sounds as though you you struggled you, you struggled uh, with depression for a long time, and even in your depression, I could hear um, a motivation to to want to get better. And it sounds like your son may have been your motivation um, at that time. But I want to ask you. You know what? What was it that caused you to turn your life around? Well, it was just—it uh, was realizing that thinking suicide was a was a good answer, and thinking that that was a good idea, and spending a week thinking, well, that would solve a lot of problems. And it, but there was a big problem if I left, and in, in, in my son, and it's like, how do I explain that my suicide is not his fault? You know, it's impossible. And, you know, I know a lot of people deal with abandonment issues and that could be a trigger, you know, and there's this, there's this, a lot of talk about whether depression is genetic or not. And maybe we can talk about that in a second. But, you know, if it is genetic, or at least you're, maybe some people are predisposed to being depressed, it's like, wouldn't this be a huge trigger for my son so all of a sudden start experiencing these exact same things I've been experiencing. And it's like, well, I can either step up and be the father that I should be and, and take care of the situation and then at least find some tools that I could teach him, say, a, that somewhere down the road depression gets, you know, comes into his life. I could say, mm-hmm. here's some things you can do. I know what you're dealing with. You know, maybe that's my role in life is to, you know, maybe that's why I'm here. So if, like, something happens to him in this way, I can say, here's here's a toolbox full of ways to deal with this. Life isn't supposed to be like this. And I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, at least, a lot of people, they just kind of, it's like a frog in the, the pot of water. It just slowly mm. starts to heat up until it's too late and it's boiling. And I think a lot of people get in that way where you just, the stress of life and the disappointments in life and the frustrations in life and and sometimes the traumatic events in life. They just wear on you and wear on you and over and over again and day after day until eventually you're at this level where life is drudgery and you feel that despair and that seems normal. And that's when the problems really arise because if you don't know you're in a pot of boiling water, you get yourself into a, a lot of trouble. Wow. Wow. I'm going to ask you um, to to explain to us, and it sounds like you, you, you know, you did begin to kind of give us an idea of what depression is like with that analogy of, you know, being in that, you know, a frog in that pot of boiling water. But, you know, what what is, you know, exactly what is depression? Well, depression, 
depression is, in, and now I want to make perfectly clear, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a therapist, and I'm okay. not a psychologist, and I'm not a neuroscientist, and not a brain surgeon, but what I am is somebody who's struggled with depression for a lot of years, and what I've come to learn depression is it's a, a warning signal from your body and, and your brain telling you something, telling you you need to wake up and pay attention to something. It's a check engine light, so to speak, in that it's warning you, and and the mind can get your attention through physical sensations in the body. That's why when you place your hand on the stove, you get that burning sensation, you take your hand away so you don't burn yourself too badly. So the mm-hmm. body, the mind can trigger the body to send you a signal and get the attention of the conscious mind. The conscious mind is always distracted with something. So if it can get your attention somehow and send you a signal and say, take a look at this, it, it, it needs to do that, and it can do that with pain, physical pain, but it can also do it with emotional pain. And whether it's anger or frustration or depression, sadness, something like that, and say, look, this is not right. You need to take a look at this. It's, you know, the warning lights on a, on a fire truck or the siren. It's, it's check engine light, pay attention to this. But so often we don't pay attention and we, we decide, you know, let's go to the doctor. doctor gives us a prescription for an antidepressant, which doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't... It doesn't tell us what the problem is. It only puts a piece of duct tape over the check engine light. And Dr. Daniel Amen, um, a neuroscientist and an author, so many best-selling books, Dr. Daniel Amen says that depression, like being, being diagnosed with depression is like being diagnosed with chest pains. Now, if you have chest pains, you're going to go to the doctor and you say, Doctor, I have pain in my chest. And the doctor says, oh, well, that's because you have chest pains. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you you go to the doctor to find out why you have chest pains. Are, are you having a heart mm-hmm. attack? Do you, do you have hepatitis? Do you have lung cancer? Do you, you know, do you have heartburn mm-hmm. from, from dollar taco night? Do you, you know, do you have a gunshot wound? Do you, do you, you know, any of these things can produce chest pains. The doctor's there to find out why you have chest pain. So depression is the same thing. You go to the doctor saying, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling low energy, Lethargic. I just want to get out of bed in the morning. And the nurse says, "Well, you're depressed." It's like I just told you that. I told you I'm mm-hmm. depressed. I need you to find out why. And there's a lot of different reasons. There's not one single thing that causes depression. It's a lot of different things, and that comes a, a little difficulty in this in depression. If there may be a few things going on with depression, and certainly emotional trauma can cause mm-hmm. depression. Certainly negative mm-hmm. thinking habits can cause depression. You know, when you learn a language in the home, we're all built. We all come out of our, our mothers with the ability to learn language. And if you're in Italy, born to Italian parents, you're going to learn Italian. If you, you're in France, mm-hmm. uh, born to French parents, you're going to learn French. But it has nothing to do with latitude and longitude lines. It has everything to do with what's spoken in the home. So what if in your home, uh, I'm not worthy is spoken, or life is hard is spoken, or uh, life is drudgery and, and uh, you know, you, you die and pay taxes and everything's a pain, and that's spoken over and over again in your home, that's the language you're going to learn. And with the mind, maybe you've heard the expression, uh, brain cells that 
fire together, wire together. Well, when you have a thought, when you have emotion, the same brain cells are firing together. You do that over and over again, those brain cells uh, connect together, wire together, become stronger, uh, and it becomes faster to be able to do that emotion, uh, that thought, that uh, action. That's why, uh, that's how you learn how to play the piano. That's how you learn how to ride a bike. At first, it's awful, mm-hmm. it's terrible. You know, you don't sound very good. But as you practice over and over and over over again, you learn to play the piano. You get better, and those brain cells that keep firing together, wire stronger and faster, and that's how habits are formed. And you can do that not only with playing the piano, not only with riding your bicycle, but also with thoughts and emotions. And so what are you practicing every day? Are you practicing anger? Are you practicing being frustrated as you sit in rush hour traffic? Are you practicing being annoyed at your coworker who is an idiot? Wow. You know, you know, what are you practicing over? Are you practicing being depressed? And and so these thought patterns can get stuck. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the most amazing things is there are a lot of physical problems that can cause depression. So, yes, there's emotional trauma. Yes, there's thought patterns that you can get stuck in. Uh, but there's also things like, like illness can actually cause depression. Like one of the side effects of arthritis, cancer, diabetes, heart disease is it causes depression in the body, in the brain. And I'm not saying that you're sad because you have those things. You probably are. But those, the, one of the side effects is it causes depression. Also, thyroid, hypothyroidism. If your thyroid's not producing enough hormones, uh, your body's not uh, producing enough energy, you can feel lethargic, you can feel fatigued, you can feel sad, you can feel tired. Hypothyroidism can show up uh, as depression. Um, another one is, uh, oh, here's a real interesting one. It's food allergies can actually cause depression. Mm. They did a study where um, they had one group on placebos and another group was dealing with uh, different food items. And their mm-hmm. doctors were looking to see if they could produce mental symptoms such as anxiety or depression or confusion or difficulty in concentration. In the placebo group, they couldn't get anything. But with food they can actually manipulate emotional states and mental states with the food people were eating. And the four foods that produced the most severe mental reactions, such as depression and anxiety, were wheat, milk, sugar, and eggs, which is what a lot of people eat for breakfast. So and if you children. might have one of these Yeah, and your children. And you're like you're setting yourself up at the beginning of the day to start having of mental and emotional issues by the food you eat. There's um, wow. Uh, there's uh, uh, another study which showed that uh, 70% of patients with uh, depression, so they're looking at just people who had depression, but 70% of those people with depression had some sort of food allergy. There's um, food food additives. You really got to watch what you're eating because you know things like uh, glutamic acid, which is a flavor enhancer. There's monosodium glutamate, there's aspartame. All those are neurotoxins. And aspartame, uh, the biggest complaint the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, gets about aspartame is that it causes depression. There's things like uh, for for men, low testosterone. As we're growing older, uh, we're losing uh, testosterone. Our bodies don't produce as much. Again, that can cause 
depression. There's um, wow. yeah. There's there's uh, things like uh, medications. Uh, you um, if you're taking a prescription medication, it is quite possible mm-hmm. one of the side effects of that medication is depression. And I'm talking about regular kind of things that people are taking: anti-inflammatories, antibiotics, you know, blood pressure medication, mm-hmm. birth control pills can cause depression, uh, painkillers, heart disease medication, um, including wow. antidepressants. Anti, one of the side effects of antidepressants is actually depression. And a great resource uh, for you to go to is a website. Mm-hmm. It's www.pdr.net, and that stands for Physician's Desk Reference. It used to be a huge book that doctors mm-hmm. would have in their office and it talks all about the different drugs that uh, are on the market and, and how they work and what drugs they don't work with and uh, dosage information for kids and adults, and but also side effects. So if you go to that website, tdr.net, on the left, you can enter in your medication and get all the information uh, you need to know about what you're taking. There's, um, wow. you know, recreational drugs, uh, you know, alcohol, caffeine, um, tobacco, marijuana, a lot of these have the effect of, you know, can cause depression in some people. There's um, uh, chemicals that we, you know, uh, are, interact with every day, such as uh, dry cleaners or formaldehyde. Formaldehyde you're going to find in particle board or new carpet, uh, paints, pesticides. Anything like this can cause wow. a reaction in the brain, and it could be, that it ends up as as depression, even so, you know the obvious ones: emotional traumas, uh, you know, thought, uh, your know, thinking patterns. But there's also these other things, including a head injury as well. If you slip and fall mm. on the ice, or if you fall off your bicycle, or you're in a car accident, or what have you, you you rack your brain somehow. You know, the brain is the consistency of like soft tofu, and but your skull, of course, is hard as rock. But it has these knobby ridges in it, which when your your softest tofu brain knocks against it, you can it can swell the brain, get a concussion, you can maybe make little tears in it. And the interesting thing about a head injury is you might not see the repercussions of that for months or even years afterwards. So you could start feeling depressed as a direct direct result of that head injury, but not see the depression for 18 months to 24 months later. And so it can be wow. a little bit difficult to figure out you're feeling depressed all of a sudden. Why would you equate that to your car accident you had you know, a year and a half ago? So mm-hmm. the, the really great thing about every one of these things I just talked about, every one of them can uh, be healed. Every one of them, you know, with some effort and some some work, uh it can depression can be eliminated, and every one of those things can be fixed. That's really interesting, Craig, because as you were talking about all the p- potential causes of um, depression, you know, I heard you saying things that um, were in, could be environmental. I heard you talking about things that could be medical. I heard you talking about. Um, you know, predisposition, which could be you know related to what's in your genes and your heredity. So, you know, I hear you saying there could be a variety of different um, causes of depression. Um, 
But then I also heard you say that um, antidepressants aren't always the answer, and I know you talked about that a little bit earlier, and I want you to talk about that a little bit more. But I also want to give. The, I also want to say that in your book, um, you know, you do give a disclaimer that you know you are not a doctor, you are not a neuroscientist, um, and you know you don't you do not recommend that people get off of their you know medication if they have it or. Um, you know, you're not advocating, you know, for people to make drastic changes. What you're saying is, you know, I've, I've I've had this problem, I've researched, I've done some work, and here's what, you know, here's some things that I've learned, some, and, and, and a lot of this information is scientifically based. And, you know, here's some things that I've learned that have worked for me and have worked for others and, and can work for you too. Yeah. Is that right? Well, it- and, and, yeah, I'm, I'm very, and thank you for saying that, because um, mm-hmm. it's very important to me that everything I, I was researching and looking up was scientifically based. If I if I heard something, if I heard a rumor if, uh, about some sort of cure, uh, if I couldn't mm-hmm. find any research to back it up, I didn't work with it, I didn't use it, and I certainly didn't put it in the book. The back of my book, uh, about the last, you know, 30 pages or so, I just all the scientific studies I use to to, uh, uh, to find out about all the information I put in the book, all the different uh, ways mm-hmm. to eliminate it, and all the information about what depression is and, and uh, about antidepressants. Now, now, the thing with antidepressants, and of course this antidepressants is a two-hour conversation in and of, of itself, but antidepressants work by changing the chemistry of the brain. And over months, the brain makes adaptations to deal with being bathed in this drug for you know, 24 hours a day. Now, some of the side effects that antidepressants uh, give you are actually the brain trying to compensate for being bathed in the drug. So if you were all of a sudden to stop taking your antidepressants, once again, you change the chemical makeup of your brain, and once again, the brain has to adapt. And you, if you decide, if you make the decision, to get off your medication, and certainly you need to do your homework and you need to do your own research about this. You need to go to the doctor, your doctor and say, I'm interested in getting off this drug. Uh, let's find some ways of doing that. And you have to slowly wean yourself off of it. Otherwise, it can cause a, a lot, a lot of, lot of problems for you. But, you know, it's your life, it's your brain, it's your body. It's your responsibility to get accurate information to this. This is just a quick half-hour, you know, 40-minute call, and we're just touching mm-hmm. lightly on all these different subjects. You know, this is mm-hmm. a wake-up call, hopefully, that you know, it will give you some ideas that you can get better, that it is possible mm-hmm. to get better with, you know, and eliminate depression, but it's going to take some responsibility on your part. And, mm-hmm. you know, you need to find, if you're dealing with medication, if you're on medication, you go to your doctor and talk, start talking to them seriously about I want off this stuff if that's your decision and find ways of doing it. If they're not interested in helping you do that, maybe you should find a different doctor because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's your brain, it's your body, and you need to take responsibility for it, not just take the advice of somebody who's giving you 10 minutes to uh, look over your chart. (laughs) But the the thing with with, um, antidepressants, Mm -hmm. and I don't know Mm -hmm. if I can explain this well in, in just a couple minutes, but basically when when brain cells communicate to each other, 
they send out, they have this little arm that extends uh, to the other brain cell and electrical impulse goes through the, through the sending neuron, the brain cell, and a little chemical uh, is released. And that chemical is called a neurotransmitter. And the neurotransmitter sends a signal to the other brain cell that that brain cell needs to take an action or maybe relay the information to another brain cell. Now, those brain cells don't actually touch. The, 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 the little arm from the sending neuron just kind of hovers over the brain cell, and it mists the brain cell with this chemical, this neurotransmitter. Now, when uh, uh, the brain cell, the, the receiving brain cell has gotten a message, the sending brain cell vacuums back up that neurotransmitter, so it reuptakes it. And what Present-day antidepressants do. They're called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter. It does a lot of different functions in the body with uh, sleep and having to do with diet, or I mean uh, digestion. But one of them is it makes you feel happy. It can give you a sense of well-being within your body. You know, just like the drug title says, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, uh, antidepressant prevents that sending neuron from vacuuming back up that excess serotonin, that excess neurotransmitter. So now that serotonin is floating around your brain. So the idea is that these antidepressants are going to fog your brain with serotonin and therefore make you feel better. Now, the, the issue with that is that antidepressants aren't creating serotonin. They're just kind of moving the serotonin around. And back in, uh, well, just recently, in 2012, a study was published in the journal Neuron by Dr. Renee Hen, who's a psychopharmacologist at Columbia University. And what she found was that antidepressants can actually decrease the amount of serotonin, that happiness neurotransmitter, actually decrease serotonin in the brain in up to 50% of the people. So it can actually be causing depression in some people. Now, the other problems with uh, uh, antidepressants is that they can actually uh, cause a lot of different side effects. Um, in fact, uh, mm -hmm. I think something like 50% um, of the people on antidepressants only last about four months because they just can't deal with the side effects. We're talking about weight gain. We're talking about sexual dysfunction. We're talking about digestive problems. Uh, we're talking about kind of a feelings of numbness and, and fogginess. But uh, two of the really unfortunate side effects, uh, one, it has the potential of causing violence. You become violent and angry. And the other is suicide. And I'm, I'm not just kind of throwing out there some kind of conspiracy theory there's uh, uh if you look if you actually went on Google you could find the article it's called Top Ten Legal Drugs Linked to Violence it's the article released uh, by Time Magazine back in January 2011 and there was a uh, a study done by the Institute for Safe Medication Practices and mm -hmm. they got information from the FDA's Adverse Event Reporting System and what they found was that 31 drugs accounted for 79% of the reported cases of violence. The top 10 mm -hmm. includes seven 
that are either antidepressants or AD, drugs for ADHD. And we're talking about Prozac, we're talking about Effexor, we're talking about Pristic, and we're talking about Luvox and, and Stratera and, and um, Paxil. I mean, these famous uh, brand name drugs have been linked uh, through the FDA's own uh, adverse reaction reporting system to be linked with violence. Uh, in fact, on every box of antidepressants, there's a warning that the FDA puts on. It's called a black box warning. And it's the last warning uh, the FDA gives before they pull a drug from the market. And it talks about how uh, suicide rates go up with uh, some people on antidepressants. And um, it's it's really, really chilling to think that these drugs are here supposedly being touted to help you, but they're really causing a lot more trouble than possibly they're worth. Uh, there's a lot of evidence wow. and a lot of studies that show that placebos, sugar pills, work just mm-hmm. as effectively as antidepressants do. And you can read books like um, Myth of the Chemical Cure, and you can read books like uh, uh, The Emperor's New Drug, and books like that, and it'll go into the the uh, studies and the history. But I just want to read one quick little blurb from, this is the Public Library of Science, and there's a study they published, and this is what the conclusions they came to at the end of this study. That They, they said that the findings suggest that compared with placebo, the new generation antidepressants do not produce clinically significant improvements in depression in patients who initially have moderate or even for severe depression. And so even the scientists, the researchers, are, are coming out and saying that antidepressants are not all that they're stacked up to be. And again, this is just mm-hmm. kind of a little introduction to this. Uh, you know, this is stuff you need to really go out there and, and find your own um, do your own research and do your own homework. And you certainly go to my site, depression180.com, and I have uh, some audios you can download. One uh, goes into way more depth about the four causes of depression, and the other one goes way in depth into the whole antidepressant question. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is stuff that your, your doctors and your pharmaceutical companies probably aren't waving flags around uh, trying to get your attention about well, Craig, let me ask you, um, <clears throat> if um, if antidepressants aren't the answer, then um, how how do you get rid of depression? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we we're, we're, uh, don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm kind of going to run through uh, some things mm-hmm. really quickly. But um, one of the best ways for you to deal with your depression is to move your body. Now, I know... Exercise is a dirty word for a lot of people, but you have to move your body. And there was one um, uh, study that showed that that just by uh, doing some aerobic exercising, like riding a bicycle or uh, maybe going on a light jog uh, on a treadmill or something like that, it decreased depressive symptoms by almost 50%. And uh, there's actually you know, 70% of all depressed patients respond to an exercise program. So somehow you have to find a way to move your body. And if, you know, lifting dumbbells is not your thing, find one of those, find a dance class or one of those exercise classes like Zumba or Nia or, or go out dancing or, or go walking with friends. Go swimming. Or something. Or go swimming, exactly. Some, you have to find your, our bodies are meant to move. We are not meant to sit in the car to go to work so we can sit at a desk, so we can sit in our car, so we can come home and sit on the couch. 
That is not what we, we are moving, moving beings, and we need to move our bodies. The other one is food. A great, uh, you know, remember I said about the um, food allergies, wheat, milk, mm-hmm. sugar, mm-hmm. and eggs. And I'm not going to go into big t- time right now about the food. I think you know what you should be eating, and I believe you know what you should not be eating. You know, you need to cut, cut the sugar. You need to cut the caffeine. You know, you need to start drinking lots and lots of water. You need to start eating healthy food, and you'll know what that is. It's it's the it's the fruits, it's the vegetables, it's the lean meat. So, God starts being aware, taking responsibility for your own life, and starts taking uh, better care of yourself. And a lot of that is done with food. Now, the things that a couple of things that really helped me out were taking some mm-hmm. supplements. Now, these are you know uh, things you can find in the grocery store. Uh, pills and a health food store, actually, probably not your your regular grocery store, but you find, a, find a health food store. These are supplements that uh, research has all shown help heal depression. One is omega-3 fatty acid. This is stuff you find in fish, uh, but you can also take it as pills or you can take it in liquid form. Uh, this is brain food, and lots of studies show that uh, a reduction in omega-3 fatty acids in your body causes depression, so to increase that, there are supplements you can take. Another great one, and this was a lifesaver for me, is one called 5-HTP. It's 5-hydroxytryptophan. And this is something the body actually creates, but only if you have enough tryptophan in your body. And tryptophan is that thing that uh, people say makes you sleepy uh, in Turkey that makes you sleepy after Thanksgiving. Well, mm-hmm. when your body gets a tryptophan, it can then create 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan, which then creates serotonin. Well, if you don't have enough tryptophan, you can't make 5-HTP, so you can take these supplemental pills. And this is what uh, one of the researchers who looked at this supplement said. This is a great quote. He says, um, I have never in 20 years used an agent which, one, was effective so quickly, two, restored the patient so completely to the persons they had been and their partners had known, and three, was so entirely without side effects. Uh, and this one uh, helped me to to uh, extremely amazing uh, results for me. Um, you could, I, I would take these things and uh, you could just feel the heaviness left. You could just feel the darkness left. And sometimes my wife would have to come and hand them to me. And just, you know, because I said, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, because, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a man, I got to, you know, <laughs> that's the way we we roll. But, you know, she would come in, and finally she couldn't take it anymore. She'd grab the bottle, throw two in her hand or three or whatever it was, and give me a glass of water. And said, take them now, and I'd take them, and you could just feel it left. And, um, and the reason it works is because 5-HTP creates serotonin. And remember the antidepressants, they just move the serotonin around in your in your brain. And by keeping it from mm-hmm. being vacuumed back up into that sending brain cell, it could actually be depleting your body of serotonin. 5-HTP <laughs> actually creates serotonin. You don't need a prescription. You just go to your health food store and look for it. There's another one called GABA, G-A-B-A. Um, and out there also a great one for uh, anxiety. There's one called SAMe, S-A-M-E. And uh, this one, has, this one was even on the cover of Newsweek. And there was a, a study in the American Journal of Psychiatry, and it found that SAMe is a safe, effective antidepressant with acute side effects and rapid onset of action. Now, SAMe didn't work for me. 
uh, didn't do anything okay. for me. 5-HTP was, was what really helped me, but I've known people who say it's the exact opposite. 5-HTP did nothing, but SAMe was the thing for them. Uh, low vitamin D is a big issue. So if, uh, especially if you find your depression comes on during the winter time, you know, less light during the day, and even then we're wearing jackets, we're wearing hats, we're wearing uh, uh, long pants. So uh, to get enough vitamin D, you really have to have full body exposure. I mean, sitting out in your bathing suit for about 45 minutes. A lot of us can't do that, especially when it's 30 below outside. So during the winter time, we're not getting enough vitamin D. And there's studies that say somewhere between 70 to 90% of the world's population is vitamin D deficient. You can take vitamin D in pill form. You can take vitamin D in liquid form. There's a couple of drop dropper pools. Not even dropper pools. There's a couple of drops uh, of vitamin D supplements. Gives you enough vitamin D in your system. There's another great tool that I used that was a godsend for me, and it's a full-spectrum light therapy box. What it is, it's a, it's a little box that uh, sits on your um, desk. Uh, you have to sit in front of it for 20 minutes to, to an hour so while you're working or while you're reading or something. But it's a full-spectrum bulb. And what I mean by that, if you ever see a sunlight go through a crystal and it creates that rainbow, uh, well, that's full-spectrum. And our incandescent bulbs and our fluorescent bulbs don't have that rainbow prism. And so they don't, uh, and when we need that rainbow, rainbow prism uh, in order to uh, create vitamin D. And so wow. they created these, these full spectrum bulbs. You can go um, on Amazon, and if you look for light therapy box or light therapy, uh, the specific one I have is called Happy Light. Uh, I, I was kind of mad when my mo- uh, my uh, wife brought it home. She actually found it at a drugstore in our town, and she thought she'd give it a try, and she brought it home, and I refused to use it because it was called Happy Light, and uh, I thought such a jokey title for such a serious uh, deal, you know, what I was going through. Uh, you know, I was, uh, yeah. wasn't happy about that, So, but eventually I was just so, okay, i got to try this thing. I took it out of the box, and after about sitting in front of this thing for an hour with this light going into my eyes, it felt like I was on two cups of coffee. I mean, I just, the energy wow. was raised, and I felt so much better. And I still use it, you know, maybe once a week or, or every other week mm-hmm. or so, especially during the winter time. But it just, you know, these little tools, you know, the supplements, the mm-hmm. exercise, the eating better, the, like a light therapy box, all these things, wow. you know, can help you. And I don't know which one might work for you, but these are all things mm-hmm. you got to gotta look for. Another one is, is finding a coach, especially if you're dealing with something like uh, an emotional trauma or a negative thinking habits. Finding somebody to work mm-hmm. with who can, from the outside, look and say, okay, here's some issues you're dealing with. Here are some ways we can, we can work on this together. You know, every successful mm-hmm. person, be they an athlete, be they uh, uh, an artist, a, a musician, a CEO of a major company, all these people... Anybody who's ever been nominated to a Hall of Fame of some sort has been coached have a coach. in some way. Everyone <laughs> absolutely. Has. And but yet, with some, and 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 let me ask you, Katrina, how much do you think with sports or with music or or in relationships or with business? How much do you think is, is that's a mental game? 
the majority of it. Okay, majority of it. Okay, so why wouldn't you bid somebody to help you with to coach you with your mental game? You know, and a Absolutely. perfect example is uh Tiger Woods. Great, great one of the great athletes of our time. And he was number one in the world and then he had that situation with his wife and he mm-hmm. just crumbled. And it's not that he started right. his swing got worse. It's not that uh, you know, I know he was having knee problems, he was having some Achilles seal problems. But it's not that, you know, his all of a sudden he he stopped hitting well. It's that his mental game was lost. And it took him how many years? Three, four years. And just now he, he right. he's getting back into winning again because he got his mental game back. You know, right. And, now, Greg, let me... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're kind of um, uh, running uh, low on time. So let me ask you. Are all of these great tips and all this information located in your book? Yeah, all of it's in the book, and the, yeah, and I go into massive detail. And there's so much more in the book because um, it really would probably be a, a three-day workshop to, to go through the entire book. But it's it's a lot of these sure. methods, and and it explains you know how do you find a coach? You know, another big one is who are you surrounding yourself with? You know. Um, the team you have around you, your your friends that you have around you, you make up, you're pretty much a composite of the five people you spend the most time with because emotions are contagious. And they, mm-hmm. there's a study after study after study shows this. And you can feel it when people come in the room. Do they bring the room up or do they bring the room down? So who are you hanging mm-hmm. around? Are they complaining all the time? Are they whining? Are they a victim? Are they, are they all, always saying this happened to me and that happened to me because of that? You're absorbing yeah. that. So, you know, and there's another one. How do you, so let's say you want to build a, a team of, of supportive people. How do you do that? I explain that in the book. We go into massive detail about the four causes of depression and how, how each one of those can be can be healed. And we go into a lot of the cognitive behavioral therapy, the how do you change your thought patterns that maybe you've had for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. How do you go about changing those thought patterns so they become you know, from a more positive place? You know, and we go through all that, and it's a it's a lot of things that I used to turn my life around. And when I got done, and I just I woke up one day realizing, you know, it's been like a month or so, a couple months that I've been feeling really good. I've raised my emotional level. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. depressed anymore. And uh, you know, I, and it, and it's a, it was stepping stones for me going from you know one to the other. And I was in the basement, and I look and I see well where I want to be is at the fifth floor, in happiness. And I just couldn't jump from the basement to the fifth floor, so it was a lot of steps to get up there. Yeah. And these are the steps I took, and it took me a lot of time, and it took me a lot of money, which you know money I didn't have to figure out those processes. And that's why I put the book together, and that's why I like one of these shows to explain to people, here are the processes you can use. And one of them is great, but how about using all of them? What if you were to exercise mm. and eat better and take a supplement and sit in front of a, a head and try these different things? And again, I don't know what's, what's the specific, specific cause of your depression, be it a head injury or testosterone or, or an emotional issue from a, from a trauma you had a while ago. So I don't know which one of these things is, is going to work for you, but you got to start taking some sort of action and responsibility for life. Don't 
think the doctors are there to do it for you. You know, they're doing the best they can with the information the drug companies give them. With the 10 minutes they're allowed to see you due to the insurance company. So you got to start, you know, taking responsibility and looking up this stuff and, and researching and saying, okay, well, maybe I can take a walk at lunchtime for half an hour and maybe cut out mm-hmm. this sugar and, and yeah. this, these kind of things. Yeah, and what I hear you saying, Craig, is that um, in your book you talk about this and then some um, in detail to give people information, education, and resources um, so that they can um, begin the process of, um, you know, educating themselves on, you know, depression and, and what they can do to get to, to feel better. Yeah, yeah, and and – there's a book. There's also a lot of resources on the website, depression180.com. Again, there's those free downloads, which explains in greater detail, if you want to take this information further, it explains in greater detail about the four real causes of depression. And it goes, there's another audio that goes into antidepressants. There's also a link on that first homepage, Depression 180, to my YouTube channel where there's lots of videos of me going through this information on, on videos. And I have my little my little flip chart, and I'm writing things down on marker, and, I, uh, you know, I'm explaining, you know, the proven methods for, uh, you know, ending depression. And I'm going through the four causes of depression and explaining the, the link to uh, antidepressants to violence and things like that. So the YouTube channel is a great one to look at. There's, um, you know, lots of resources on depression180.com for you to look at and, and it's mainly just, you know, trying to wake people up that they don't have to live in sadness all the time. And, as, and I'm saying that I believe, you know, there are bad emotions. I, I don't believe there are bad emotions. I believe we are set up here as human beings to fill the full spectrum of human emotion. And I believe there are, are times when sadness is appropriate and, and there are times when anger is appropriate and certainly when there there's times when grief is appropriate, and certainly times when stress is appropriate. You wake up with your house on fire, you want that stress to start pumping through your body so you can go get your kids and run out the door. But when you're living, constantly triggering that stress, that fight-or-flight mechanism just sitting at your desk, uh, then you got problems. Again, it's like, what are you practicing over and over again? Are you practicing those emotions of sadness? Are you practicing those emotions of anger every day and and firing those brain cells so that they're wiring together and creating these habits of thinking that that are just keeping you down and, and sucking you down and keeping you stuck in that depression. And this is what, wow. you know, if, if anything, if I had, you know, two seconds to explain what it is I want people to understand, it's like you don't need to live like that. It's not a sign mm-hmm. of of courage. It's not a sign that you're a, a serious person or it's like you need to you are wired to live in happiness you are you are here mm-hmm. put on this earth to live in happiness and joy yes there will be some sad times and there will be some grieving times and there will be some stressful times but your core is made of happiness and you need to wow. wash your window because it's there it's just your window has been covered up by this depression and this anger and this anxiety but you take the responsibility and take the action to clean that window, guess what? There's that beautiful view again. It's always been there. You just got to clean the wow. window. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Great information, great information. So, um, Craig, tell us, um, tell us your website um, again. Tell us, um, you know, if we're interested in learning more about um, you and about, um, you know, Depression 180, Turn It Around, um, you know, what do we need to do? Well, the best way, uh, the first thing is just to go to depression180.com. And, again, you can find the audio downloads there, uh, the free audio downloads. You can find uh, uh, the links to my Facebook page and, and to the YouTube channel to get those uh, videos. And um, that would be the best place to start. And, and certainly send me an email or, or uh, you know, friend me on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash depression180. Um, and I just, you know, kind of put that out so we're getting that one going. And that's mainly just to kind of put out information about What's, what's going on in the world of science and depression and and um, just to try and get information out there. So depression180.com is the website, and that's the best place to find all you need to know about me. There, uh, There's actually one more website, and I will give that one too. It's my main website um, is craigandreallife.com, and that kind of shows all the other stuff I'm, I'm working on and, and, and doing, but... Um, you know, depression one A is probably the best one to start with. Great. Craig, um I have learned a lot today. Um you ha as, as you've been talking about different studies, different, you know, neuroscientists, um uh, some names are familiar to me and a lot of the information I have heard in different places. So, you know, I just want to um commend you for um, you know, for doing the, the the work, you know, and being able to turn your life around and for, you know, putting this research and all this um, helpful information in a forum that will help other people, you know, turn their life around. You know, well, you know, I kind of, great uh, work. I, I was going to say, you know, just once I got out of depression, I was talking to my, my wife, I was like, well, I don't know what to do with my life now. She says, well, you know, all I've been is depressed. That's the only thing I know. So, well, yeah, you know depression. You also know some ways to get out of it, and, and maybe that's your mm-hmm. your role. And, and it's been, uh, you know, really an amazing experience to, like, go out there and say, look, I've dealt with this. And people I've known that I've been friends with say, oh, yeah, me too. And so, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, we're all in this together. And if you think that yeah. you're struggling with depression and you think you're doing this by yourself, you're not. There's there's lots of us out there who have struggled with it, and if we're not struggling with it, more than likely we probably know somebody who is. Yeah. And there's there's something about depression that we just want to keep in the closet. I don't know if it's a shame thing, or uh, we mm-hmm. feel weak if we admit we're depressed. There's something you know, it's almost as if cancer. You know, you you, you get a lot of sympathy and love, and and people come out to to help you. Whereas depression, we want to keep that. Uh, hidden for some mm-hmm. reason, and mm-hmm. you know, again, I don't know. Maybe it's a shame thing, or maybe we think we should just get over it. But there, you know, as it's presented today, and just a handful of things, you know, it could just be everything from head injury to low testosterone. It could be a physical illness. Your body just trying to get your attention, and you need to pay attention to it and not keep it hidden, and start finding information to to live that happy life that you are here to live. 
Great information, Craig. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, We um, are going to bring this edition of Positively Affirmative to a close. And we want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, where we teach women how to create positive shifts in their work-life balance so they can become the directors of their own life story. Is your life story one you'd love to see improve? If so, call me for a complimentary 30-minute coaching session and learn how to edit your life story. Our number is 440-221-7836 or email us at kjones at prosperitylifecoach.com. And join us every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity. All right. Abundant blessings, everyone. And, Craig, thank you again. Well, thank you, Katrina. I really appreciate you having me on the show. You're welcome. All right, everybody. See you next week. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. 